fade in. You're listening to Let's Bogart. Please welcome your host, Daniel Williston. It's me, it's just me. Welcome to the show, buds. You're listening to Let's Bogart, the recreational review podcast where we rate hits by fading out before we fade in. So, whether you're here for the plot or the pot, we'll roll cameras and roll joints and curate a pairing experience both celluloid and cannabinoid in nature. <laughs> How are you doing, buds? I'll tell you, I, I like you're listening to a show, and so part of you is probably trying to escape. But I, I want to say I am, I'm not having the best week. <laughs> uh, it's been a bit of a, it's been a bit of a rough go in the in the old Williston boat, and uh, the waters have been choppy, and it's been very difficult to find my sea legs. So when things are at their most difficult, I know that it is very important to focus on what I can be grateful for. Because obviously, no matter how bad anyone has it, there's probably somebody out there who is experiencing it uh, even more profoundly than you. And I have been seeing a lot of posting lately from people talking about how this week has been particularly bad and what is in the water or in the air right now that is bad other than coronavirus i guess uh and so i i guess i uh it's difficult for me to think about things that i am grateful for it is very easy to fall into patterns of being uh feeling victimized feeling defeated feeling like there's stuff in the world that i can't handle or i have no control over and therefore uh, what's the point in fighting? That's a hard place to be. I don't. I don't wish that on on anybody. I wish for all of you listening that uh, you're having a great time, a great week. But if you're not, uh, I guess uh, yeah. The the thing about uh, being grateful, I am very grateful because I have uh, a roof over my head. I have uh, <laughs> a cat who drives me insane. I have a job. Sometimes it's difficult, but I, I do like it. I have a career in my chosen art path. It's not always as fruitful as I would like it to be. But I get to work hard at it, and I get to hopefully rise uh, uh, rise above what I... Uh, accomplished before get better each time I do it I have a beautiful talented smart wonderful fiance who I'm so excited to marry I have a wonderful family you guys have listened to other other episodes you probably heard my mom my mom's ridiculous but also wonderful a remarkable woman my dad's a remarkable man I have a little brother and older sister who have partners who are wonderful to them, and I appreciate both of them being in my life. I appreciate that I uh, I have people who listen to the show. 
I know this show is only about uh, uh, weed that you can get in Canada and a lot of it that you can only get in Ontario. Uh, and I know that it's a lot of it is just me talking about movies, which technically, other than my having been in a couple, I'm not really qualified to be dissecting in the way that I am. <laughs> uh, but you're listening anyways. And I'm really appreciative of that. I really care about you and I want to give you a good show. So I hope that even if you're having a bad time in your life, that you have a few things that you can look around and be truly grateful for. I'm very grateful about a lot of things. I'm grateful for the friends that I have. I have a great uh, uh, swath of friends from all different places that I met in all different ways that I, I truly care about and who I feel truly care about me. And that gives me strength amidst adversity. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to this show. It really means a lot. We have a great show for you today. I honestly, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this episode. That I'm grateful for that. We have an awesome guest on who gave me a great conversation about a really, really profound movie. This movie it really affected me. I haven't watched it a second time, but I, I think I might have to because it was, it was really special when I sat down to watch this movie. The movie is Sound of Metal. It is a drama from 2019. It is two hours long. Uh, it was rated R by the MPAA and 14A by Canada. It's got a Rotten Tomatoes score of 97% and a Metacritic score of 82. A, a, a long ways uh, upwards from uh, uh, Stephen King's Thinner. <laughs> Uh, it was, yeah, it was a really beautiful movie. Risa Maud, uh stars in it, and he's just phenomenal and fantastic. And uh, uh, as a drummer, as a metalhead, it was, as a musician, as a human being, it was, it was, it had a really big effect on me. So yeah, I, I'm excited for you to hear the conversation that I had uh, with my buddy about it. And we smoked uh, shred. We smoked their Funkmaster uh, uh, Funk Master product. I, I hesitate to call it a strain because it's a bunch of strains put together. Uh, and you're, you're never quite sure exactly what you're getting. But hey, for the price, come on. It's so good. It's a, uh, They're owned by Organigram. It's grown in Moncton. It's a hybrid of a bunch of different strains. Uh, and it's a good one. It was It was good. I gotta say, I still love their Tropic Thunder a little bit better, but the Funkmaster was uh, complex and fun. I liked that there was some uh, ICC in that. Uh, so yeah, I, I we, we got to smoke some Funkmaster. I've had Funkmaster and uh, 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 Sound of Metal uh, drums being a, a big focus of it, and whatever. I think I think that's a pretty good pairing. Uh, and we talk about what the experience is like on it, uh, on the show, where I talk to my good buddy, who I'm going to introduce you to right now. So without further ado, let's get 
to it because I am grateful that he came on the show. Daniel, can you tell us a little bit about something about... Oh, can you tell us a little something about something? Can you tell us a little something about who we have on the program today? All right. My next guest is an actor, singer, and multifaceted customer service freelancer. He graduated from Sheridan College with a bachelor's in musical theater performance. And as an actor, he's been seen in Ragtime as J.P. Morgan and others, and in the short film The Remnants. And after 13 years in the hospitality industry, he has been a shift lead at Jack Astor's, a catering specialist at the Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, catering events such as the Invictus Games and the NBA All-Star Tournament, as well as the NHL Eastern Conference Playoffs. Most recently, he has been a key leader at Superette in Toronto for a year, driving sales, organizing and disseminating important info, and leading the team with exceptional customer service and knowledge around cannabis and the industry. It is my great privilege to get to chat with my buddy, Matthew Villamere. Maddie, how's it going today, buddy? I'm good. Thank you for that amazing introduction. <laughs> You're great, man. You're I great. don't know where I you fun. found that resume, but... <laughs> I, <love it. laughs> I, find, I find everything that's on the yeah. internet it's and it's all good stuff every oh, well, time thank you thank you how are you doing so i'm doing great man i'm doing great i had some uh i've, I've had the day off from work i got to do a little little callback today and uh now i get to talk with a good friend about a movie that i was really really excited by so I'm having a good time. So, Maddie, listen, this podcast yeah. is about cannabis, which we both work in the industry. We both use a lot. And I want to yeah. ask you, what was uh, what do you remember about the first time you ever tried cannabis? <laughs> I uh, remember it quite well. It was kind of like a defining moment for me because I was um, pretty, I, I guess you could say straight edge throughout high school. I was not really trying many things. Um, and my dad had gone on a trip to Mexico. It was like the first trip where it was like him out on his own and he left us behind and I was in grade, I think 11 or 12. And I decided to be a little rebel because I had the house to myself and invited some friends over. Hey. And uh, one of my good friends brought some weed and um, we got the Coke can and did the old uh, MacGyvering. <laughs> the <Coke> can pipe. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. And I just remember having like the, we were so giggly. It was just like so fun. We were trying to pierce my friend's ear and he was like screaming in pain while all of us were just laughing hysterically. <laughs> so it, I definitely remember that moment. Oh man. Did you ever have your ears pierced? No, never. Uh, actually, no? no, that's a lie. I did have the, the top of my ear. Oh, the top for, guy? Uh, a little bit. And then when I was at Sheridan, I was too lazy to pull it out for every show. So I just tossed yeah. it. Yeah. I used to have spacers in my ears. I had to pull those out because I was using sound equipment and shit. And they right. rip it off and they didn't want to be liable for that. So that's fair. They, did they completely heal? I've never noticed like. Uh, yeah, they, they, there's still if you look for it. But my my um my lower earlobes are kind of they're weird shaped. Okay. No one notices really because I, I have a huge head. So no one's looking <laughs> at how big and weird my ears are. But I remember going and getting my ears pierced 
pierced by a friend who was taking like all these courses and whatever and he sort of missed like where the middle is like it didn't <laughs> look good so he put it through and it was too low and then i got i i was driving home and his boss like made it was like hey man you need to have your friend come back and we need to do this correctly because that's right. horrible <laughs> and he's like yeah you just got weird ears so we gotta pierce them again so i had to go back and do it wow same day different hole (laughs) same day different that's a t-shirt that's a it really is (laughs) (laughs) so uh you you tried this with your friends did did you wind up um did uh did it become a thing that you went back to then as you were growing up or did you kind of go away from it and come back yeah it was a very go away and come back i Uh um I never knew how to get my hands on weed. So anytime I was at a party and it was passed in my direction, I definitely partook. Sure. Um, part, partook? Partaked? Partake, partake, partaken? <laughs> partaken. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, it wasn't really until legalization that I mm-hmm. started to consume on a regular basis. Honestly, like I, I, I know there. There, obviously, everyone's cannabis journey is is their own, and I, I don't, uh, I don't mean to say one, uh, one way is better than another way. It's for the people, but you know, I was straight laced in high school as well. Like I didn't drink until I was nineteen, and uh, there was something about coming to cannabis in my twenties that really allowed me to integrate it into a a lifestyle rather than like having having it take over you know what i mean yeah i do think that there's something in finding it after after you turn of legal age to to come to it later uh makes it a a more (laughs) a reasonable part of your life yeah yeah i mean i think it would have helped me drastically in school to just calm down a little bit um but yeah, it also, I needed to be very productive. And sometimes when I consume, I'm not the most productive. So sure. it's kind of great that it didn't fully integrate into my life until now where I'm, yeah, able to partake and, yeah. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Do you, uh, it, it, um, do you have, when you, when you think about all of the times that you have that partake and partook. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you do you think about a specific time? If I ask you about your favorite time being high, ooh, I mean that first one was definitely up there, just because the like the guttural laughter that came from the group. I I'm sure that night was not. I wasn't the only one who was like trying it for the first time, right? Um, so that sort of collective experience of just like pure joy was um definitely up there Mm -hmm. uh other times i mean in college i can remember trying my first uh i think you call it like a gravity bong yeah where you like (laughs) fill the the fruitopia bottle or whatever kind of bottle yeah and i remember being like just blasted off to the moon and just having (laughs) like a really fun time i've never other than like my first foray into edibles have i've never had a bad experience with cannabis so but they're all oh. fun times usually. What what was the the foray into edibles? It did it didn't go well. It didn't go well. We did. Um, it was before legalization. There mm-hmm. were some cookies. My friend, I mean, I didn't know anything about dosing at all. Sure. And my friend was like, "Yeah, if we all take a quarter of the cookie, we'll be great." And we chose like a movie. I think it was Eternal uh, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And nice. I hosted. 
Uh-huh. And we were all going through like such internal struggles and no one was voicing it. So we were all just sitting there watching this movie, just going through it and silently. <laughs> <laughs> and then the movie ended and everyone just kind of quickly went home. And then the next day we messaged and we're like, did everyone have an awful time? And it's <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> we were all too afraid to say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that and that movie doesn't really give you a lot of solid ground to to stand on. So I imagine, no. <laughs> yeah, if you're already having a bit of trouble with reality, that one would really mess with you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> have you uh, uh, have you since gone back and rewatched Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? I don't think I have. I should. Do you, re- because... do you remember it well? No, <laughs> no, I was not very uh, with the program that day. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. It's a very good movie. It's a very good. Movie. Yeah, we did it on the podcast. It was fun. I like. I mean, movie. I've always loved Jim Carrey. So, oh, yeah, and he's he's so great in it. Although yeah. he had a there was a conversation. I, I I think we talked about this on the episode, but it was uh, the the director. Uh, oh shit! What's his name now? The French guy. I can't remember. Uh, he came to uh, meet with Jim Carrey about the thing, and Carrey was uh, just coming off of a real, um, a real bad breakup. And uh, Michelle Gondry is his name. Michelle Gondry's uh, sort of like put his hands up uh, in L's, like a framing uh, of Jim, and was like, "Oh, you're so broken right now. Don't get better. Don't get oh, better." No. And Jim Carrey tells that story as a way of like, "This is how fucked up Hollywood is." I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but his performance in that as well—it's—it's it's really heartbreaking and really lovely. So yeah, what are you gonna do? <laughs> so uh, uh, so we we got together to talk about uh, a, a specific strain and a specific movie, Maddie, and yeah. uh, the the uh, suggestion was all yours, and I was really excited by that. Um, you you suggested that we smoke some uh, a product from Shred, right? Yeah, the Funk Master. The Funk Master. Now, <laughs> uh, have you have you tried the other the other shreds? I have. The only one I've yet to try is the I think it's called Flower Power. Flower Power. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen uh, that one since I've been back in store, but um, yeah, no, else we've I've gotten tried. the Narberry in a bunch and the Tropic mm-hmm. Thunder and uh, the Tropic Thunder pre rolls, but uh, apparently uh, we've got some Funk Master pre rolls in now, so that's kind of exciting. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently oh, just fun. today they came in. So cool. I'm excited to get back to the store and sell those. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the Funk Master, where does it stand on, uh, like, uh, 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 up against the other shreds? Is it your favorite shred? Uh, I think my favorite is probably the Tropic Thunder. Is it? Okay. Um, just, yeah, it yeah. feels a little bit more sativa-leaning, a little bit more bright and upbeat. Yeah. The Funk mm-hmm. Master definitely puts me in the couch, which has its a time and a place. And so I, I do really enjoy it. I actually brought some to the cottage with me earlier in the summer. And I had some friends that consumed with me who like messaged me after the weekend being like, what was the name of that weed? It like took us to a new dimension. Oh, <laughs> so they really liked it as well. Oh, my God. That's so fantastic. Yeah. Well, what, what, can, what can you tell me about, uh, about Funk Master? Uh, so I know that Funk Master, so all of the Shred products are um, blends, so it's not yeah. strain specific. It's got a few different strains in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that it's got an ice cream cake in there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm drawing a blank on what other uh, screens are GMO in there. Cookies is one of right. the other ones. And the other uh, is Skyway Kush. Okay. Yep. Which, Which I've, never, I don't, I've never had Skyway. No, me either. I know Good Supply sells a Skyway, but, uh, or no, mm-hmm. a Skywalker. I must be. Skywalker, similar. yeah. So yeah. that's what I, I'm, I'm interested. I, I didn't actually research, but I will before my outro if that's, if Skyway and Skywalker have anything to do with each mm. other. Yeah. But yeah, it's got um, some really nice, like, earthy notes, which I think come from that uh, GMO. It's also yeah. got, like, a bit of a cheesy, like, funky quality to it. Yeah. Um, when you open the bag, it's like it definitely hits you in, in the best way. Yeah. Um, the Funk Master, they come to that name pretty, uh, pretty honestly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you find the aroma pleasing? I like it. Yeah. Uh, yes. Not, I, again, I, I think like you, I, I do, uh, I think I prefer the Tropic Thunder a little bit more. It's yeah. just the, the lemony kind of zesty sativa kind of uh, smell to that is a bit. Uh, my, my nose wants, wants the sweetness, wants the, the, the fruitiness, I guess. And, uh, the, the funky is, is fun and, and really pungent, which is cool. Like opening that bag compared to opening a a Tropic Thunder bag, you really feel what you're, or smell what you're paying for. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. Mm -hmm. But I like the cheesiness too. The the cheesiness really gives the, the smoke uh, a thickness, I think too that i yeah. really like it's kind of like rich almost yeah like a you know when i uh dessert when i roll it in a joint it, it burns really nicely like and there's yeah. like some resin like i don't know i find the shred products and you're gonna get people in the market that have more money to spend that are you know a bit a bit high you know a little snobby in terms of what uh, they consider good weed but for the yep. average like everyday stoner that doesn't want to break the bank the shred products are phenomenal and they're amazing like they're they're pre-milled which i know would turn some people off mm-hmm. um, but they're one of the only like this this is our product like we're pre-milled and that's all we do right. and they do say that it's like it's coming from whole bud like the the combination of these strains is making like a salad effect that is really interesting to have people like brand and put out there yeah yeah i yeah i really i really like it that the uh the boveda pack inside the uh, the thing makes it, even though it is shredded up and should dry out quicker that way. Uh, yeah. it, 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 I've never had a bag that isn't so moist. So, so gorgeous. Agreed. And I've tried a different company's, uh, pre-milled. I don't want to say their uh-huh. name to drag yeah, yeah, them, but sure. it was very stemmy. And this yes. one, like I've yet to find like a bunch of stems in it. So that's yeah, it's, it's super good win. leaf. Like just, mm-hmm. just really, really potent and, and lovely. Yeah. Yeah, I really like them. I I think they're great. I think they're uh they're grown in uh Moncton. Uh which some of the the best weed right now is seeming to be coming out of the the eastern hemisphere there, which so is really true. exciting. Yeah. yeah. Um uh Organigram is the people who who do shred and yeah, it's just a really uh, I I'm I'm hard pressed to think of another product that is on the market right now that you could even compare this to. Like that's yeah. one of the coolest things about it. I think is that yeah. the effects that I got from this strain were very unique. Yeah. 
And the price point, I mean, most three and a half gram like jars aren't even going for the what this is going for at seven grams. So it's and it's seven. I don't grams. know how they're doing it. It's like yeah, almost less than like five bucks a gram. That's mm-hmm. that's crazy. Yeah. And I and our customers I, yeah. love it. Like, yeah, people ask for it all the time. People are excited when a new one comes out. Like the the yeah. the Tropic Thunder and the Narberry and the Flower Power have sort of been around for a few months now. But when yeah. Funk Master did drop, uh, it was yeah, it was really exciting to be like, "There's a new Tread product." Because mm-hmm. the people who had tried the other ones were game to try another. And it's easy to want to try one, even though it's seven grams, because the price point is so great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, even if it's not the best, you're not like so upset because you didn't break the bank. Yeah. What do you, what did you think about the uh the taste? The 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 skunky kind of cheesy. I like the, uh, I was getting some diesel out of there too. Yeah, wow. it, yeah, it definitely had some uh, uh earthy like smooth taste. Like it, it wasn't yeah. harsh, which I yeah. liked. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that harshness, especially in a pre-milled product, if it was uh, a little drier, it would be, it would it would go that direction. But I think yeah. because it's so it's such healthy, uh, healthy pre-milled, <laughs> yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's easy to to have a really smooth time on it. Yeah, I haven't tried it in my vaporizer yet. I should just to see what uh, flavors if they uh, change up at all in a vape. Yeah, I found in the in the PAX three that I was getting a lot more of the diesel than I was when I was uh, uh, smoking it out of a joint. Okay, that's interesting. And so I think that's the cool thing too about combine like making salads, combining strains to make a, a specific one is that you you do get a whole array of tastes and and uh, notes that come out of it depending on how you're consuming it. Right. Yeah. So, and you've got seven grams, so you have a chance to experiment, right? It's not Absolutely. like you're buying a gram of it and then having to, you know, well, next time I'll do this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, if if you were to uh, uh, sell this to a customer, what would be the headline for you? Ooh. You just want like a few, like a little headline. Like uh, I'd probably say if you're looking for something cheap and cheerful, (laughs) this is the way to go. (laughs) Cheap and cheerful. I like that. Yeah. And yeah, you know what? The price point is such an easy way into conversation about it. Even if somebody is, you know, doubtful about the pre-milled or doubtful about, uh, you know, I really came in here for three and a half of good bud. I think you can still move people into like by saying listen you know yeah you're taking a chance but you're you're getting a lot out of it yeah yeah for sure i just had a customer the other day that came in and he mostly only shops in the legacy uh end still sure um and he's like what do you have that's like exciting and different and i sort of like we went through a bunch of different products and he was pretty hung up on price point. And then, so I kind of geared him, um, pointed him towards the shred products and yeah, yeah. it did interest him enough to that. He, he did end up leaving with uh, with a package and Sweet. I don't know, maybe that will be his like entrance into the legs into the legal market um, with a product that's just like decently priced. And yeah, like those are the kind of customers that it's uh, appeals to, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Amazing. What uh, is is Funkmaster something that you think that you're going to buy for yourself again? Um, 
Good question. I I think I would, but I would probably wait like maybe six months, try a bunch of other things, and then sure. go back to it. Like I'm, not, I'm not like uh, getting in line to buy another one tomorrow yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But How still, about you? Yeah, uh, I think like I really like that Tropic Thunder. That Tropic Thunder was my first uh, experience with with Shred, and it, I, I've I've gotten Tropic Thunder a few times, and the Funk Master that I have is, I, you know what, I still have some left over, so I, I it's gonna take me a while to get through seven grams of it, I think. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, yeah. I would be weighing it against. I, yeah, that Tropic Thunder is such a good sativa. Yeah. But you know what? If I was, if I, if we got into a place where we were having parties again having Mm -hmm. a bunch of different kinds of shreds around the house to be able to offer people uh, would be a great way of giving them, like you said, sometimes a a really great time, get it to another dimension, but also not completely break your bank while being able to offer hospitality. Yeah. Yeah. I brought the pack of the Tropic Thunder and the Funk Master to the cottage and Mm. everyone was like, thank you for supplying weed all weekend. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it's, when it's this price point, I can. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And it was just so easy. Like I didn't want to bring all the tools to the cottage with me, like the grinder so and everything else. So, yeah. yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. It's a great strain. I I I really I'm I'm glad to have something in the indica world uh, to be able to offer in Shredland and not just yeah. the, the Tropic Thunder and then you know hybrid Narberry. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Well, amazing, man. Well, that brings us to the end of our first segment, which means it's time for our first game. You ready, Maddie? I hope so. All right. This game is called In It to Minute. In It to Minute. In It to Minute. That is the game where you, Maddie V, have 60 seconds to tell us everything that happens in the movie that we did, which was your suggestion and was called... Sound of Metal. The Sound of Metal. So you got 60 seconds. We're looking for a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's not that much time, so don't get hung up on the first act, let me tell you. <laughs> Are you ready for this? I think so. All right, 60 seconds on the board. In it to minute, Matty V, and go! All right, so this movie is about a guy. He's in a band with his girlfriend. He is losing his hearing very rapidly, which sends him into a spiral. His girlfriend's really worried about him because he is also a recovering addict. She doesn't know what to do. She ends up finding him this amazing home um, with a community of deaf uh, people that help him to navigate both his addiction and this new um, disability. Um, While he's there, he is wishing for his old life back. In a moment of desperation, he ends up selling most of his things to pay for a surgery um, to get back some of that hearing through implants. Um, 20 seconds. Unfortunately, this like breaks the trust of the group that he's with and he has to leave. He tries to go back to his girlfriend and realizes that perhaps she's moved on with her life. And then it's just sort of a story of this guy trying to come to terms with the life that he is now, the cards he's been dealt. Uh, that's, yeah, pretty much it. That's fantastic. You did it. 60 <laughs> seconds. Oh, the sound of metal. Listen, don't go anywhere because when we come back, we're going to find out what me and Maddie B thought about the sound of metal. Don't go anywhere. 
Thank you so much for tuning into the show, buds. We're just going to interrupt the conversation for a quick second to tell you a little bit about an organization that we here at Let's Bogart think is worth paying attention to. And that this week is the Ontario Cultural Society of the Deaf. It is their mission to cultivate cross-cultural understanding by enriching deaf communities across Ontario. Through information and inspiration, they endeavor to preserve deaf culture and heritage, celebrate the deaf community and their accomplishments, and advance the education and awareness of deaf culture to greatly improve the understanding between deaf and hearing adults, youth, and children. The Ontario Cultural Society of the Deaf actively promotes and recognizes principles of fairness, equity, and social justice in relation to and across intersections of race, age, color, disability, faith, religion, ancestry, national origin, citizenship, sex, sexual orientation, social class, economic class, ethnicity, gender identity, gender expression, and all other identities represented among our diverse communities. The Ontario Cultural Society of the Deaf seeks to empower and engage community members, families, organizations, partners, and affiliations in actions that productively contribute to accomplishing the goals of their organization. The programs they offer are influenced by their founding beliefs and positively impact a vast spectrum of participants, from families to individuals. They are diverse in their program offerings and highly value inclusion in everything they do. Now, this is an amazing organization, and if you want to find out more, donate or volunteer, uh, there's really great, easy ways to do that by visiting the Ontario Cultural Society of the Deaf at https colon slash slash ocsdeaf.org slash about, or email them at info at ocsdeaf.org. That's O-C-S-D-E-A-F dot org. So thank you so much for listening. And now back to the show. All right, Maddie, the sound of metal. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what? You came in the other day and you were like, I watched it. And I wanted so badly to talk about this movie with you. I know. But I knew that we didn't want to talk about it then. So I have been waiting for this moment right now. Yes. And I just want to treasure it for just a second. <laughs> I'm going to get to talk about sound of metal with you. Yeah. What did you think of this movie? I it was incredible. It um, right? I knew essentially what the like the premise was, but I didn't really know anything about the movie. And yeah. just like the way that they enter that world is like just yeah, it was so um harsh and uh, like gut-wrenching and just like yeah. It yeah. really brought you in right off the top with these like wailing guitars and just like them performing a show. Yeah. And then, yeah, the constant contrast throughout the film of like um, getting to hear sort of the audio experience through his world. And then yeah. as the audience member, it just like it took you on so many highs and lows. Yeah. And the, the, the tension that they were able to to put you through by showing you this first performance, this really like gut, like you were saying, guttural and and vicious uh, yeah. uh, opening, that opening shot, just watching how how uh, like steadily he was watching 
watching his partner and playing and how hard he played those fucking drums oh, and then yeah. to have those moments where the sound cuts out and he, you experience you're inside his head hearing what he's must be going through was just yeah. oh it was it was awful like i i felt yeah. myself on the edge of my seat like t- telling myself like relax like you don't have <laughs> no. to t- tense up because it's not happening to you but it feels no. like it yeah yeah, because you know that he's going to lose his hearing, you spend the first like 20 minutes of that movie just like in fear almost. And just, yeah, it was very hard to, uh, yeah, it was just an emotional journey for sure. And setting up that first performance so we know what the song sounds like and then they're on tour. So then the second time they're playing it to have the sound go and him get up and leave. Yeah. And the, the choice that he made after seeing the doctor, the doctor tells him, like, don't, you really shouldn't have any loud things happening. And then seeing him sitting down at that fucking kid again, you're like, oh, no. Yeah. 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 Which has a lot to do i think with reese ahmad's performance he's just a tour de force in this movie he really is yeah yeah it was interesting to see some of or to read about some of the process in terms of like the the director didn't um, rehearse them at all he wanted it to be all very natural they recorded the whole movie in sequence which rarely happens yeah um and didn't allow them to watch any of the playback at the end of the day either. So it was just like, he just wanted them to, to take risks and make mistakes and for it to just be a really honest portrayal, which I think they captured. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. They were able to really grab it and, and things you don't even think about because most movies are shot out of sequence, like location based. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get things like uh, uh, Olivia. What's her name? Olivia cook. Is the girlfriend? Yeah. She uh, is in the first act and then sort of disappears until the end of the movie. Yeah. So, so if you're shooting it, normally what you would do is you would shoot all of the stuff with her so that you could have that and then be able to move on. But right. it really creates then an like uh, a familiarity at the beginning because they're both in it together, and then there's been all this time that he's been away from her. So then when yeah. they come back together, that alienation is so real because the you actors really haven't been it. used to, and she's got different color hair and she's yeah. a different person. It's been how yeah. long since we've seen her last? So yeah, I think they, yeah, they don't really say. Really but smart. It's, yeah, agreed. Yeah. The sound design to that 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 uh, the, I want to say the name of the the sound editor because she's yes really something and there's a bunch of people who worked on the sound but the main sound editor was Maria Carolina Santana Caraballo Gramco and the, the I have rarely heard sound design that makes me like you know what I think of is did you ever see 127 hours Oh yes yeah. Yeah, remember when he's having to carve through the nerve of the hand and that blinding sound comes in? (gasps) That gives me, like, goosebumps. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing, but for uh, an entire movie is what I felt like they were able to somehow do. Just Yeah, yeah, I loved, like, right off the top. So they do the first performance, and then it's the day after, and you hear him, like, dripping the coffee and putting the needle on the record and it's like these crisp sounds and then Mm -hmm. the next show and the same actions without sound or like very muted sound. It was just like, 
I mean, what a way to make the audience feel compassion for this character, you know? Yeah. Yeah. To give them, to set up the, the, the pattern and then immediately break it. Yeah. Show you a, and then a with this other, other element to it. Yeah. Yeah. They said they spent about as much, I don't know, uh, monetarily, but time as like an action film on the sound design, which is like, I mean, that's something I think it said like 23 weeks just on like editing and. Oh my God. Yeah, and you'd yeah. have to. And what an interesting thing to to try to be doing because they shot it in very few days. I think there was it, the shooting schedule was not that uh, uh, long, because right. and so part of not showing them dailies and having them unrehearsed, I think, was also just getting it on film and then moving on, like really right. kind of slapdash. And luckily, you have performers who are ready to go and know what they want to do. But then yeah. to be spending all of that time in, in the post production, I I think it was worthwhile. And oh, it's it, on IMDb. It lists one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen people in charge of various elements of sound, whether that's foley wow. and mixing or supervisory uh, uh, things or recording in the in the uh, in the actual uh, shooting grounds or recording right. in the booth afterwards, like yeah. all, like sixteen people. They knew that obviously sound was going to be a big part of this. Yeah. One of my favorites, and they described what they did a little bit, was, um, do you remember the scene where he's sitting at the bottom of the slide and he's got the younger kid at the top of the slide? They actually put a camera. Yeah, they're the camera. They put a microphone like underneath the um, slide to give it that sort of uh, low, low um, bass frequency sound. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love that scene. Yeah. Yeah. That was a beautiful scene. Yeah, there were a lot of scenes like that because sound kind of goes out the window. There's not a lot of like the scenes that don't use dialogue become mm-hmm. really, I think, powerful, and they allow yes. for uh, the time for that because it's such a kind of like two hours, and a lot happens in two hours. Uh, yeah. So for them to t- uh, and they move things quickly in the in terms of pace i think so that when they do take their time like that when they pump the brakes for a second because i think the character is pumping his brakes in his life yeah i think it's really effective absolutely one of my other favorite scenes that happens twice is when they're all sitting around the dinner table and you just like you i i mean the audience's maybe pre-conceived uh, notion of what a, a dinner table of a deaf community might be like would be very yeah. quiet, but it was actually quite like loud and there's a lot happening and there's like the banging on the table. And I just loved yeah. that sort of like vibrant family dinner that um, yeah. just kind of, yeah. yeah I loved and that. watching his progression then too, because you see him at the start of it where he's, learning about like what this looks like what this sounds like and yeah. what, like how how he can integrate himself into it and the right. more he learns about asl and the more he's able to start developing relationships with them you see him be it's a way of integrating him into the group yeah yeah because i can i can only imagine like the he must have felt so alienated 
uh, like oh. the character um, yeah. being introduced into this world where everyone is so freely communicating with their language that they have when he does not have that language anymore. It's like, that yeah. must be so heartbreaking and yeah. just like frustrating, which he really, I mean, you see those moments when he goes upstairs into the the study and he's got the donut and he just like demolishes that donut. You just like, yeah. ugh, you just feel. Yeah. It's an yeah. electric performance. Yeah. He's, he's able to just that, that the, desperation with which he he enters nearly everything in the movie every situation he comes in and even if he there's there's just a sense of him being completely out of control even before you learn that he's an addict i think you get the sense that you know he's he's kind of on a rickety track and could be flung from the track at any moment yeah yeah yeah, just a... that scene where um, I think the character's name is Joe. He's sort of like the he runs the the home. Yeah, yeah. Where he has to like give him some tough love is just like so heartbreaking because he says oh. like your behavior right now is like very addict like behavior. Yeah, and he's like, no, like I'm the you know it's just like that. Yeah, that out of control sort of like grasping at straws to to get back that old life that he had yeah and that character was incredible eh oh yeah paul ratchie is is so so good so good and i loved learning about him because uh apparently he he has hearing he's uh he's not deaf but both of his parents were deaf so he learned asl from uh, a really young age and has since uh uh, contributed stuff to what american sign language we know today and advocated on behalf of uh uh, deaf communities across the united states okay so you like his his ease with communicating in the way that he does in this movie is is very obvious i think yeah he's he's very lived in as a character Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah, giving that that tough love when he has to say like, you can't be a part of the community anymore, and the reason for that, like that him trying to tell him like you're you're deaf now, you're a part of the deaf community. There is not going to be a moment where you go back to what your life was, and yeah. having that dream is not only poison for you, but poison for the entire community. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a real tough pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, he was really thriving. Like he had developed such strong relationships with the younger kids that were there, and you could just see. I mean, he was offered a job. Like, yeah, he had. He's he was really on, on this beautiful track, and then yeah, just, to be a leader there. To, yeah, yeah. Ah. Uh just heartbreaking and you can mm-hmm. tell how how heartbreaking it is for joe as well you know yes. like it's not all it's heartbreaking for both of them in completely different ways yeah yeah when reuben walks out of the room he does this like catch breath that just like oh <laughs> it just it's hit me real yeah you know he was just holding his breath for that whole scene and then it's like that little release that just yeah yeah, yeah. nearly uh had me in tears, <laughs> but I yeah. Yeah, held it together. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, um, um, 
Kenneth Welsh was talking about the difference between um, acting on the stage and acting in front of a camera. Mm. And he said that on the stage, uh, you're, you're supposed to be lying. He's like, everything you do on stage is sort of a lie. You, right. uh, you're raising your voice more than you would normally to speak to a person this far away from you. You're making sure of where you're, you know, where you're facing and you're very aware of all that. He said, if you lie, even in the slightest way, the camera picks it up, the camera grabs it and, and yeah. it won't, you won't be able to fool it. And I think that that's very, I think that that must be a kind of advice that Paul Ratchie got before performing that scene because right. he does not give a lot away. Yeah. No. And, but that catch breath at the end, just letting yeah. letting out the little bit of it that, but you just you feel it in your gut. It's really deep in there. Yeah, I mean, you needed strong actors for this movie because of the fact that there are so many scenes where there is no under sort of uh, score. It's just silence and two actors. So if you're not yeah. like connected and grounded, it it would read that much harder. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the casting is was phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. And having those two actors in in those two spaces, I think the the words are saying one thing and they're definitely like they're they're talking about I guess they're talking about like him staying at the place or or not and and assess what that means, but they're all like he and he's uh I think Risa Mod is trying to explain what he's doing and why he's doing it and and he feels like this is the only right decision for me i had to don't you see yeah but it's more like can you still love me <laughs> even right. though i've done this and yeah. and paul Raji having to say i i can't in the same way yeah and having that underneath all of the the dialogue having having those two actors really bring that kind of really open-hearted guttural uh emotional like rip your soul out uh performances really really makes it really drives home the the thesis of this movie yeah agreed and then the the dad too at the end like i we we keep hearing about this rich dad the rich dad the rich dad of of olivia cook's character the girlfriend and then we actually go and meet him and we're sort of expecting him to just be an asshole right um but instead he like he makes him uh, an egg he makes him dinner and he invites him to the thing gives him a place you know like it really what I love about this movie is it really plays with your expectations of people. Agreed. Sort Big of time. weaponizes your your what your uh, normal assumption is that yeah. of what this person is going to be, and mm-hmm. tries to say, "Well, there's maybe a bit of that because the d- dad still makes her sing the song that she used to love and whatever." And it's mm-hmm. <laughs> what a weird song it is. Yeah, I mean, after weird. after hearing all the sound of metal stuff, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I love and it's the still conversation a... they have when he. Oh, uh, it's so good. Like the dad opens up to him about just his feelings about him when he had met his daughter and they have like a really um, productive conversation that you sort of don't expect. You kind of 
see him as this, uh, I don't know, one dimensional character. And then Mm -hmm. that scene was so well written. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Each person in it really, yeah, really feels like a human being with their own wants and desires outside of the, then sort of narrow. Like I, I, I think that the tricky part of trying to make, a bunch of people with their own missions, which is what people, you know, really are. Yeah. Is sometimes in a movie, you can end up writing characters so sort of disconnected from each other that it it stops being cohesive. Right. Like the, the other script that this uh, uh, writer director, uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Darius Martyr. Um, wrote was uh, the place beyond the pines. Did you ever okay. see that movie? I I didn't see it, but I definitely the title stands out to me. It's like Ryan Gosling and Eva Mendez and Bradley. Uh, I feel like uh, it played at TIFF. Did it not? Yeah, it yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. And it's one. It has. It definitely has a point, but it, the characters are so. Uh, we're following so many different threads. I think that it doesn't have the same punch that this very what, what uh, this this movie ends up being very specific about what it's trying to do and really kind of one not one note but like it has one thing about all of this that it wants to say yeah. but it allows all of it to have enough breathing room and be real enough that each of the people feels like even though this point may not be for them they right. have their other thing you know yeah 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 i saw a um a quote from darius where he sort of drew this parallel between the film and the that character's journey with the collective experience of the world right now being in pandemic and sort of this talk that we've all had of like oh i can't wait to get back to normal and this idea that like there this might they're not might we might not return to normal and so how do we come to terms with what we're in which is really yeah. what his story is all about yeah, and so interesting too, too, because when they when they made him an addict, and that sort of came into play with with the the going deaf, um, I was like, yeah, that that seems like maybe an amateurish. Like, I just need to make the the story even more. I kept waiting for him to relapse, right, and be like, okay, like that's you know, it's slightly different, but it's making the drama more or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he doesn't, but that. The idea that he has to internalize for the story to come full circle is surrender, is acceptance of a part of yourself that you may not be happy with, and that being so connected to the journey of AA, the the idea of um, realizing that you are an addict and realizing that you can still love yourself. Yeah, that you yeah. can still find happiness. It doesn't mean you won't be an addict later, but it means that you are changing your self view and your world view to uh, uh, not deny something that could then become out of control. When he finally, at the end, takes those his oh. his hearing aids out and mm-hmm. just looks at the peaceful street. Yeah, it's. Oh, 
what a what a beautiful filmic moment it was <laughs> yeah really yeah. really just something the the bookends of like that opening scene with like just like so much noise and then that mm-hmm. final scene of just complete stillness and silence yeah and him finally being able to just sit with himself and yeah. accept what the road that is about like the road that is ahead for him yeah yeah. And the the using of the 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 same thing to do different things too like we see the different performances of the of the song and it uses it to show us what the baseline is and then to show us what happens when his hearing goes away but now we also in the same moment experience silence in a way that is anxiety inducing and horrifying and mm-hmm. oh god what does this mean for this character's life we really care about him and then to have silence again be the thing that we again hear and but we hear it completely differently yeah. like what a beautiful magic trick as a yeah. filmmaker to to pull on your audience mm-hmm. i was surprised the one thing that they didn't really pull in at least i didn't see it was I mean, we're both musicians and actors and Mm -hmm. uh, that's so intertwined with our identities. And you don't get the sense that like he's mourning the loss of like his music career. I thought they could have maybe if there was one thing that I could pick on, it would just be that you didn't get as much of a sense of that. I mean, the moment on the slide was that little uh, sort of throw in that music will Mm -hmm. always still be a part of his life regardless. But yeah yeah and running the drumming circle with the with the kids too and yeah for sure yeah finding ways to do that but yeah it's that's a that's a tough thing and it becomes for him because his band is intertwined with the love of his life right that those needs become very uh, i think in um indistinguishable right yeah so yeah it would have yeah it might have been it might have been cool to see a, a bit more of wanting to want uh, wanting the music back or trying to find the way that that music works for him now. Yeah. 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 What a movie. What a movie. It did. It did really well. It uh, it's it got a uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 97 percent positive wow. rating. Metacritic 82 which is really really great. Um and it made it made money for such a small release. It was like right. uh what did it make here? I had it written down here somewhere. Uh Yeah, opening weekend it made 119,669 in the UK. Worldwide it grossed 513,944. Okay. Like for an indie release movie yeah. that got released in 2020. That's uh that's pretty respectable. Yeah, for sure. Well, it won this uh, I know it won Oscar for sound. Did it win any others, do you yes. know? Yeah. Uh no, Risa Mod was uh was a, a, a nominated, nominated but uh lost out to Joaquin Phoenix there. Um, oh. But they they did get a bunch of uh, a bunch of other uh, ones. Noms. I think there was BAFTAs that they were uh, nominated for and Golden Globes. Nice. They they did the they ran the gamut. Yeah. But yeah, oh, I I really hope it's a movie. Honestly, you nailed it. That it's it's really a good movie to watch during the pandemic. Yeah, I think that 
for me and Kristen when we were watching it, we we had just I had just talked to her about a meme that I saw, like film writers talking uh, with each other and someone saying, um, "When I go to see a movie, I don't want to have to I don't want to feel like I'm reading uh, your." Uh, uh, Report. I don't want to. I don't want to have to uh, feel like I'm. I'm reading a thesis statement from you. Right. And someone else coming in and saying, "But isn't any film a thesis? Like, don't you go anytime you're going in to do something, even if you don't know what the thesis is? Right. The minute you start making decisions about what is being said, where we're going to shoot it, who is going to be cast as this, what kind of story are we telling, how are we going to let this scene unfold, all of that ends up working towards even an, an unconscious thesis. Oh, for sure. At the very least. Yeah, and I've so, heard it described as like a heart's desire, like a heart's want. Like, Sure. If a film yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. have that core like heartbeat that kind of makes the whole movie come alive it just you can usually tell and this movie you can definitely tell that it has a heart and a purpose and yeah something very specific to say and i think that it's unlike there's been there's been like um nihilism has been cool in in hollywood for a long time i think that the movies that are i think dark like this that right. are uh that are film festival darlings that are like trying to present like the themselves as yeah oscar bait exactly <laughs> right. yeah we're, we're we're doing a film not a movie here mm-hmm. that's what i i think that often uh the if they have a really uh direct thesis it winds up being yeah nihilistic which I mean, our world is is pretty fucked up right now, so I, <laughs> I don't I have a hard time arguing with those people. But when I see a movie like this that allows itself to not only go to those dark places, but then also try to find something hopeful, yeah, you know, in yeah. humanity, in 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 our collective experience, try mm-hmm. to offer a, a piece of advice. Like it's not that. Everyone knows what it's like to be going deaf as a musician. Not everyone knows what it's like to be this particular guy, but we know what it's like to have our plans uh, be changed on us Yeah, in a way that we didn't prepare for. Mm -hmm. I think that's really helpful. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Coming to terms with the fact that we have less control than we would like to (laughs) is something we all face regularly yeah and Mm -hmm. it's it's helpful to 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 see it reflected in the art that we consume i think absolutely because if there's something that's going wrong in your life it can feel really bad yeah (laughs) and isolating yeah and like uh you know what's what's the point of going on i know that i i've had that moment a a lot during this pandemic like re-examining all of my previous desires for life and previous uh but what what am i doing right now is is doing the things that i have come to define myself as yeah uh still serving me is there still some use for it outside of just myself yeah yeah because big questions yeah and life prior to the pandemic didn't allow for much time to have those conversations with ourselves because it was just go 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 so in those moments of stillness it 
was very challenging, which is what yeah. the character was being faced with and why I think Joe gave him that whole uh, activity of going up into the study every day and sitting and writing and being writing. in stillness and learning how to be comfortable in that stillness, which yeah. is something we all had to kind of learn how to do during the pandemic. Yeah. And mm-hmm. something he doesn't master until the end of the movie there. He has to go through all of those ups and downs of the hope of the thing and the dashed yeah. hope. It's everything that he wished for. He's not going to be able to do. And then yeah. losing out on the girlfriend and losing out on the music career. And what, yeah. what does he have left? Who is he still? Yeah. yeah. I think having that, having that happen to him and have him find that hope allows us to maybe think to ourselves how do i find the peace and the stillness and yeah the, and the the hope even in unimaginable circumstances yeah 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 all around just a fantastic film i'm so glad we both yeah. got to uh, experience it yeah me too i hope <laughs> everyone else checks it out too yes please all right so that brings us to the end of our second segment which means it's time for yet another game maddie you ready for this one yeah let's do it oh all right this one is a rapid fire round uh that's called reefer madness reefer madness it's a segment where i ask you a bunch of opinion questions and you just let me know you ready to go ready all right, number one, Maddie V. Are you a sativa diva, an Indicana Jones, or a hybrid or diebred? I think these days I'm a sativa diva. Ooh, yeah. Is that a changeover uh, recently? Yeah, I've sort of like developed this theory that I'm almost like the same way that I enjoy wine, where like in the winter I like a red full body, and in the summer sure. I like a white wine. I think I'm kind of like that with cannabis now where it's like in the summer, I want to be out. I want to be active and have that more social uh, uplifting experience. And in the winter, I like to be a little bit more cuddled up on the couch. And and so Indica pairs well with that kind of vibe. You know what? I never thought of it like that, but I (laughs) I love that. And with the wine, I totally get it. That's that's exactly what I like. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, that's a fun thing. I've never heard of hybrids are good for any time. Amen. Amen. <laughs> uh, number two, favorite movie featuring cannabis. Okay, this one's tough because I did, I did not grow up with a ton of like that stoner culture. Sure. But I hope it, I'm hoping this counts. Wayne's World. Yeah. I don't know if they actually consume cannabis, but I feel like they must be stoners. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that you can spend that much time on your basement couch with your best friend yeah. talking about rock and roll like that right. and not be rolling spliffs in between. Yeah. Come on now. And my brother that's and I watch be. that a lot. So I, I'd say that's the closest I can I can get for you. I love it. <laughs> has there been any, has there, uh, this is off topic, but has there been any since you've been in the cannabis industry? Are there like titles of movies that when you say like, no, I've never seen it, people are like, oh, you've never seen this? I'm sure if I listed any of them right now, Pineapple Express, sure. uh, like, and yeah, I just, uh, I should do my research because I feel like a bit of a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's some really good ones. There's also some really bad ones, my friend. <laughs> Fictional or real person you'd most want to smoke with? Okay. I think 
I would probably go with my musical theater roots on this one mm-hmm. and say, I don't know if you saw any of the videos during the pandemic of um, Patty Lupone in her basement, like showing off Absolutely. all her like trinkets. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just feel like it would be incredible to go in her basement, smoke a blunt and like just hear all of her stories about her Broadway career. I That's think that would be amazing. a lot of fun because <laughs> she's oh, so I unhinged think that would be fun for her too. wild. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'd be amazing. <laughs> oh man, she just launched into just acapella versions of songs for you. You can right? just watch it happen in front yeah. of you. Oh, that'd be amazing, Patty. Let's get high with Patty. Please. Patty Lapone, if you're listening right now, get in touch with Let's Bogart at Let's Bogart on Instagram. We'll put you in touch with Maddie V. We'll get you I smoked would, up. I could die happy after that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Fictional or real place you'd most want to smoke? Um, hmm. I mean, it would be pretty cool to go to like Amsterdam and get the full experience of that. Yeah, yeah. I've not been, so that would be cool. If Patty Lapone wanted to travel to Amsterdam with us to have a little toke and then do some stuff, I think that'd be fun too. If she can squeeze me in her luggage, I'm there. Movie that would be most improved if the characters were only smoking cannabis. Oh, gosh. Hmm. Oh, maybe like a, a meet the parents, like a situational, oh, yeah. like, like it's always so awkward meeting family. If everyone was just like, hi, I feel like that would be amazing <laughs> and a lot easier to navigate. Absolutely. You know that everybody's going to act weird, and so yeah, no, yeah. nothing seems strange because everything yeah. is strange. Not that I think that movie needs improvement, but I'm just, hey. yeah, it's hard to think of. Yeah. <laughs> I think De Niro would be a fun high, though. I think yes. he would be he would be pretty unhinged, too. Yeah. And Barbara Streisand. I mean, oh, that I need on. to see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and can you make the sound of your favorite consumption method? Yeah. Just a classic joint. Classic joint. Amazing. Don't (laughs) go anywhere because when we come back, we are going to hear what Maddie V V and I think about the sound of metal. Don't go anywhere because you want to stay with us, right? Stay with us. Please. Please. That's the end, man. So that means the last segment that we have is puff or pass. So do you puff or pass on the sound of metal? Puff or pass. Oh, I puff for sure. Yes. Everyone should puff on this. It's real important. Yeah. Pick a day where you're like, okay with being in your feels and going down that road. But yeah, yeah, definitely puff. It's not like a it's not like a Sunday afternoon and then we'll go meet in a park somewhere or something kind no, of movie. It's yeah. it's one that you're gonna need a second or two afterwards. To, yeah. Digest to really digest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. What a what an awesome movie. Thank you so much for suggesting it. It was it was such a good it was such a good suggestion. Oh, anytime. And, I've watched some terrible movies this week, so to be able to have <laughs> Sound of Metal <laughs> mixed up in there really, yeah. really helps. <laughs> oh, good. 
Amazing, man. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. This was awesome. Maddie, where can people find and follow uh, the things that are important to you right now? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Maddieville, uh, last V-I-L-L-E. Um, nice. Yeah. That's that's where I mostly hang out. I just got TikTok, but I've not yet posted. I'm thinking about oh, it. Oh, I'm there too. Yeah. <laughs> have you been watching and learning all of the all of the things? The one breath um, dancing queen <laughs> challenge. Oh, <laughs> I spent all day working on it and I'm sure my neighbor wanted to kill me, but uh... <laughs> so you might find me on there eventually. Amazing. Um, and yeah. what's your what's your handle on it? Maddieville 89 because someone took Maddieville already how dare they oh come on leave Maddieville alone (laughs) (laughs) well that's amazing man well thank you so much for being on the show I I had a lot of fun today I thank you for having me this has been a blast oh buds well that's it that's the show thank you so much for tuning in you can follow my friend Maddie on Instagram TV? What is it? <laughs> I should probably look these up before I start recording. Mattyville. M-A-T-T-Y-V-I-L-L-E on Instagram. You can follow the guy who does all the music for this show. J.J. Thompson, singer-songwriter and lead uh, uh, lead frontman of J.J. and the Pillars. You can find him at J.J. and his dog. At JJ and the Pillars, at JJ and Alyssa. He's got a bunch of them. You should check them all out. Him and Alyssa are great. If you have a wedding coming up and you're in Ontario, you should absolutely get them to come play. Because I've seen videos of some of the weddings that they've done. They clean up real nice. They sound beautiful together and they play the best songs. So get them to come to your wedding. JJ and the Pillars, JJ and his dog. It's great. Uh, you can follow the podcast at Let's Bogart on all the socials, including TikTok, where I am slowly putting out content as I'm figuring out how one does that. Uh, you can follow me at Daniel Williston on Instagram. And hey, you know what? I've been asking you guys to uh, write a review. I've been asking you to rate the podcast on iTunes. Uh, I don't even want you to do that this week. So even if you were thinking about it, don't do it. Don't, don't, don't don't get on the app don't look at don't you don't even look at your phone all i'm asking of you is this if you could do one kindness for me one favor it would be tell one person in your life who you think would like this podcast just one person just tell them if, if you think they would like it tell them your favorite episode get them to listen to it and if they don't like it that's fine if they do tell them to tell one person very difficult to advertise weed-related things in Canada right now because of all the regulations. So, uh, if I'm being, if I'm leveling with you all, uh, my buds, I, I'm, I'm having a little trouble getting the word out about the podcast. Uh, so, if you could tell one friend of yours who likes weed, one friend who likes movies, doing deep dives on movies, conversations around movies, podcasts in general. Just uh, let them know that the podcast exists. That would be awesome. And uh, you know what? Uh, uh, just uh, take care of yourselves out there. It's a it's a rough time nowadays, and we all need a little TLC every now and again. 
Sometimes that's what I get for my weed. Sometimes that's what I get for my fiance. Never what I get for my cat. Jesus. He's just getting by, too. (laughs) Yeah, take care of yourselves. And uh, you know what? Tune in next week because we got an extra special episode when we bogart once more. Yeah, when Ruben walks out of the room, he does this, like, catch breath that just, like, (laughs) it just hit me. Yeah, you know he was just holding his breath for that whole scene, and then it's, like, that little release that just, yeah, nearly, uh, me in tears (laughs) but I held it together